0: I will call upon you to do a service for me play the Godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary Vgw group Void we prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with the lucky lands slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: It's a Wednesday afternoon, my name's Kevin Graham and as usual on a Wednesday now I'm, I'm joined by Colin. Colin what, what's happening mate?
1: Uh, not a lot mate, it's been uh, some really nice weather, making the most of it. Uh, it's not something that happens very frequently and it's good to see all the Glaswegians are looking forward to getting back inside the pub as soon as the sun comes out, it's ironic that isn't it?
2: Ah uh, well we've been lucky here in Stirling, we've been in level 2 for a couple of weeks but we're, we're uh, I'm same here, in- uh, not- same here are now getting kept in level two for some bizarre reason but
1: ah, we See, we're number one here in Inverclyde we're going down to tier one I don't think uh, it means anything apart from you get an extra half hour in the pub but that's an extra <laughs> pint, looking forward to it I mean,
2: unless we could just sit here and talk about Covid restrictions and how wrong or how right they are all day because there's no as if there's anything happening at all with our football club um, I mean, what's happened in the last week it's been an utter shambles but it's like, when we were talking last Wednesday, it all looked mm-hmm. like it was going to be Eddie Howe, yeah. and it was almost as if we're like, that, we're like the groom, a week before his wedding, and his bride decides to run away with a rich scouse cousin, mm-hmm. disappears, eh? And the guy's sitting there, and, and he does put whatever good, bright grooms would do, he went and got drunk went on a dating app and got to sell an Australian mail-order bride because, well, he's paid, he's paid for the reception, he's paid for all the sausage rolls and he's paid for the honeymoon. So as he's putting this plan to his best man, his best man goes like that, I stuff this, I'm out of here. And, and no, the, the guy the groom's now gone like that. Ach, he wasn't my best pal anyway he was, he have, I didn't like him really I will to get another best pal to come in and help me with, eh? We are an utter shambles
1: I mean aye There's, there's no other words that you can say it's, I, I think uh, Anthony Haggerty Puts it, it best saying that we're the biggest Small club in the world Because we are and it's a small club mentality And it's it, it is a shambles A shambles is the best way to describe it And to be honest with you Kevin See when you look at it right Obviously when we came on last week with the feeling that things were going to develop pretty quickly. The season tickets were coming out. Everything was kind of... The stars were aligning for Eddie Howe to be appointed manager. Now, it's getting to the point of... You're looking at Ange Postacoglu and you're going... It looks as if he's going to be appointed manager. But there always seems to be these hurdles getting thrown up. Now, a couple of them has been batted down with the idea of his, his licence and stuff like that. But we're told this was a go Harkin appointment. Or this was what was came out in the, the press, which it's a struggle to keep up with what they're trying to tell you, especially when some of the articles that they put out are absolutely shocking to read um, I just honestly, the way things are going I don't think we get Posticoglu. you're definitely not getting how I could see us starting the pre-season with John Kennedy still in charge
2: Oh, that's probably, that's the nightmare scenario that we it have is. but but, but that's, that's that's if we're dealing with facts at the moment our two long-term targets are both left it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost as if we're like, the bowling club in the bottom our roads run better and four of the committee members died in the last year and the, the one that's left is deep. So we are at an absolute shambles, but we've got to look forward. We have got to look forward. I mean, this is the last month of Peter Law. Mm-hmm. This is the last month of Peter Law, and the question that we have got to be asking is, how much say should he have going forward from this point on? Because basically everything that he put in place is now fell fell about round his bum. Everything's Mm -hmm. now fell down. And if I see another interview uh, or another source in one of the papers that says I was after an interview with Peter Law, I'm going, why is he doing interviews now? Mm -hmm. Why is he doing interviews? Right, fair enough. Peter Wall in the last six months, G- Gerald ratner has been getting WhatsApp messages going, he's seen what Peter Wall's doing now, he's actually there actually you how to destroy a company, how to destroy your legacy.
1: So why is he still doing interviews? I, I feel as though, and I don't know what it's like in your own place, Kevin, but we've got this thing in our work where it's a transition to retirement, where... You only work a couple of days a week as you get towards the end of your retirement. If they takes the responsibilities off you, you start transitioning over to the next person. The way a natural transition should go, at the minute it still feels as though Peter Lowell has too busy of a schedule. He's still being involved. It's as if he's showing Dominic Mackay, this is how we do things here at Celtic. And... To be honest, that's not what you're looking for, because you're not looking for Lawwell Mark II, you're looking for a new guy to come in with fresh ideas and fresh business plans and put his own stamp on it. You don't want to just carry on the legacy. Now, people will say, well, there's still good parts to it. And I know um, there's been people that's come on here, contributors on here that have said, you've got to look at it and say, well, he's done fin- fantastically financially for the club. I, that's, that's all well and good. But over the last couple of years, his sort of presence within the club has become overpowering to the point where he's probably doing jobs that he wasn't qualified to do. He was getting involved in things where someone should have been appointed to do stuff like that. When he's getting involved in transfer negotiations, um, when he's getting involved in contract discussions, when he's almost helping to pick a backroom staff, there should be someone below him who deals with that. And this is what we believe is going to be the plan going forward, but it doesn't look as if it's going to be Fergal Harkin.
2: What What is the plan going forward? We We've all we've just assumed it's going to be a director of football. it's going to be this new modern setup? I mean, what is it? Because nobody's actually came out and told us. And all we've seen over the last week or so is they didn't seem to have any clear vision in place. No. I mean, no. there's a rumour that Eddie House says he wasn't too happy about what was getting put in front of him and the, the vision that they had. Fergal Harkin, who looked a s- stick on for the director of football, has decided to walk away as well. Is, is this a case of maybe like Peter Wall? When you look at our negotiations, you look at our negotiations Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, they've always went to the last minute and all of a sudden the collapse. Something always happens. And is Mm -hmm. this maybe a case of Dominic Mackay going, by the way, I don't agree with this route. And Fergal Harkins know where I'm going. And I want to do something different. Because like you say, Zane, Peter Lowell's retiring in three weeks. He's retiring Mm -hmm. in three weeks' time. And you asked about my work. they usually a my work. If somebody's retirement, they go off sick for six months and just leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's what usually happens. And the day of handover and they hand over, and the day nothing, and they burn all the burden the files and stuff like that. Eh? But mean, <laughs> I think we've seen meddling here. I've seen how how should Peter Wall have a say in the future of our club when he's not going to be there in three weeks?
1: I mean, realistically, he shouldn't, right? Uh, he shouldn't, but. I still feel as if he goes, well, I've been in this job this long and this guy's coming in with complete no background in football. He's coming from a rugby world that's different in the rugby world. He's coming from a business world. I've been in here long enough, so I'm going to tell you how these things go. And it just, it, it reeks of unprofessionalism. I mean, when we spoke way back, what, October, November time, when Celtic were knocked out of the League Cup, Um, when Celtic were on this horrible run I think it was what was it 3 wins in 13 games or 14 games and we'd come on after the games and it'd be myself, yourself, Paul and everyone else that was on and we kept going right this is Groundhog Day this is it it's got to be tomorrow we've got to wake up and we've got to see that the board have taken action and removed Neil Lennon from their post and I kept saying to you guys it's not going to happen because we don't have a plan in place Now, we knew back then that Neil Lennon was never going to be the manager this season coming up. So you knew back in October, November. The board knew back in October, November because they did offer the job to Gordon Strachan and to Martin O'Neill to come in to take over between then and the end of the season. It's widely been discussed that that was the case. But yet, if they knew back then, why are we sitting here at the first week of June, And it's as if the plans are as unclear as what they were back in October, November. So there is complete unprofessionalism behind the scenes. Yes, you may have had your number one target and you may have had your number two target, but there's got to be more than that as well. And if that was your number two target, he should have been lined up to go the minute that number one said, no, it's not for me. Uh,
2: That's kind of that way. And we are, there's been a couple of comments here. Yes, we are trying to, we don't know who's in charge in Celtic, but what we've got to say is Peter Lowell doesn't actually retire to the 31st of this month. 30 days, of September, April, June. Aye, 30. The 30th of this month. 30th of this month, right? He doesn't retire at the 30th of this month, so he's still in charge. At the fans' forum meeting that I was at, the Dom, Dom Mackay says he was, it was a watching brief only at this precise moment in time. So we've got to say that this absolute mess is under Peter Lawler's watch and it goes back for the last 18 months of Mm -hmm. messes under Peter Lawler's watch. I mean, for me and you, Celtic is the best job in the world. So how can you not sell the best job in the world to your number one target? How can you absolutely mess that up? How can you do it? (laughs) I
1: I mean, do you know? Because I don't. I mean, it's it's getting to the stage, and as I said earlier, we are the biggest small club in the world, but we are the biggest club in this small goldfish pool. Uh, we should have the resources to go out and get the target that we want to get. Now, whatever's happening behind the scenes is telling us that we're not getting it. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, Brendan Rodgers at the time was an anomaly for Celtic. He was available for Celtic at a time when Celtic really needed a figurehead and Brendan Rodgers, with his ego, which you've seen since he came over, needed to get back into that position of being in power and winning things. And it was perfect timing for him. Everyone else that we've appointed round about that signing, you take a look at guys like Tony Mowbray, Ronnie Dyla, Neil Lennon, that is the level that Celtic get to. Now, people will come in and say, well, we should go out and get a Ralph Rennie. we should go out and get a Rafa Benitez, we should go out and get that. That's not... The, the shop we're shopping at that's Harrods and we're shopping at Lidl and that's the level that we need to kind of go to now if Eddie Howe was available that would have been a signing around about the ilk of Brendan Rogers. and it would have been fantastic for the club now you're back shopping at this lower level now I'm not actually having a go at Posta because I actually listened to a podcast that he was on um, with Anthony Hudson and he speaks very well and I know he's got this experience But what you've got is you've got someone that's coming in who will take a bit of time to adapt to the Scottish game, as most people do. And at this point in time, I'm not 100% sure that Celtic can afford to hire a manager that's going to take time to settle in. If that was the case, there was a time when Neil Lennon was gone. There was weeks in between games back in April. That was a time where they could have got him, let him sit in the background, let Kennedy and Strachan take the team between then and the end of the season, have a look at the squad, evaluate it, and then by the time it comes to that last game against Hibs, he could have been announced and we could have started the rebuild. Now we're starting at two, three months late and we're in catch-up mode. It's only about four weeks till the first game that we've got against Sheffield Wednesday. We go down to Wales in four weeks' time and you're looking at the players that's going to be missing because of the Euros, you're looking at the players that are potentially going to be leaving, the squad that you're going to take down there is going to be so threadbare.
2: It's almost as if their their absolute meddling and their failure to get deals done has written off next season already. And what you're actually maybe hoping for is next season, as Rangers absolutely have a season like we have for us to even challenge, because mm. we're, we we are in a we are in an utter mess, and it's Brian. Watt agrees with you? If Celtic were serious about Poster Coglu, they would have had him in a half a year ago when there was nothing left to play for. They sat on their hands and now are just clutching at straws. That looks like the case. Posta Coglu looks like an absolute plan B. And no even a plan B. It actually looks a like plan C, D, E, F, because everything else, they put all their eggs in one basket. And what you've got to what you've got to ask yourself is this. If they were so sure of Eddie Howe. Why did they not get him to sign anything? Why did mm-hmm. they wait three months down the line for Eddie Howe to try and get his coaching staff in place? They should have asked him three months ago. They should have behaved like a big club, not like not like a club that felt like they were lucky to be getting Eddie Howe. They should have went to Eddie Howe. By the way, we've got guys wanting this job Are you going to get your coaching staff. Can we announce mm-hmm. you? Can we actually start working with you? And they haven't done that because they fucked I think they've put themselves in the position where they've says, oh, we've got to be lucky to get you, Eddie. We'll pander at you right yeah. to the last minute. And that shouldn't yep. happen at Celtic. And right, somebody says, our Celtic, it, Donny Sparmo comes in and says, our Celtic a big club. We're playing a small league, but with the size of the support, we are a big club. We are a massive club with the size of the support. And mm-hmm. that's what you sell to people. You don't sell the Scottish League, you sell, you sell Celtic, you sell the Celtic backstory, you sell us as the Celtic support. And mm. that's something that we seem to fail to do time and time again.
1: Yeah, I mean, we take a look at at this point coming in from Jerry Murphy, why is Lowell still in charge of another CEO in the building now? We, we've discussed that It's a sort of transition period, right? And you, you kind of wonder if... The-
3: Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding! Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details.
1: Dominic McKay is at the position where he's not able to make these decisions yet. Even though we know he is waiting in the wings, ready to take over. Everything still gets signed off by Peter Lawwell at the minute. So, I mean, he could have all these ideas. He could have a, a, a new kind of plan of action. But he can't sign off on it yet. And if that's the case, you've then got to get to the stage where July 1st comes around, and then that's when you go forward. And at that point, it's far, far too late. Everything is now running three or four months behind schedule. And if you keep up with that, we're going to get to the stage where the Champions League qualifiers are going to come round. You're probably going to be playing with uh, with Welsh and maybe Hendry at centre-half. The transfer really? targets are going to disappear and your managerial targets are going to disappear again. You, you take a look at it, I think, in the time since Neil Lennon's departed the club, I think half a dozen or more Scottish clubs have sacked their manager and went and replaced a new one. Real Madrid went out, replaced um, Zidane with Ancelotti yesterday. There's jobs going in England. You can't sit on your hands, as you're saying. You've got to be proactive. And that proactiveness probably should have started back in October.
2: Well, you look at the other clubs, You other clubs that you named, clubs that say that they're big massive clubs does it actually point out to me that the Celtic executive team is not up to, uh, up to scratch either to try and get these deals over the line because it's not just law and the CEO has to get these deals all over the line there's lawyers, there's, there's accountants there's other people who have to be involved in these deals, does that mean that they're not fit to actually do what Celtic football club need to do
1: I think it comes to a stage where everybody runs their course in football I mean, football changes so It's so drastically sorry, over a period of time, maybe somewhere in between five and ten years. You see it, I mean, when do you ever see a manager kicking around for any more than five, six seasons? They then go on and move on because their ideas, they, they go stale and you need to bring something fresh into the club. You see chief executives, I mean, Peter Lowell's one of the longest-standing chief executives in UK football, uh, and you saw he's had the opportunity to go to, to Arsenal before... Um, even behind the scenes you, you bring in new goalkeeper coaches, you bring in new fitness coaches, everything has to change to adapt to the way that football changes so if you are looking at the, the boardroom people have to move about in their job because you get too comfortable and if you get too comfortable then targets start to get missed and that's exactly what's happened with Celtic It's,
2: it's almost as if the 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 people doing the deal say we've been doing it that long, we know better than you we know what we're doing here everything will be fine, just let us take it I've negotiated like this before and it gets to that point and I eventually won, that's what happened, I eventually won. David Kelly makes an absolutely fantastic point, we can't we can't keep blaming Law for everything, guys. I'm not a fan of his. Far from it. He's just had his house torched and his family almost killed, and he's still doing a job for Celtic. Well, maybe this is why I'm starting to wider the picture of the whole corporate shape at Celtic, whether it's fit for purpose. Not just mm. Peter. Peter. Peter might just be a, a the, the figurehead of multiple failings behind him, and this is fault. This, this, this is this is why we need Dom Mackay to come in on the 1st of July and only judge Dom Mackay for the 1st of July yeah, and, that, I mean, I, I, and at the moment Colin is getting set up like Dewey's debut at Clyde <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a frozen pitch there's frozen fog, it's live on the telly and he's coming on to he's, he's, he's starting massively down
1: I, it's, a, it's a good comparison, Joe, going back to that debut of Dewey that was one of the worst games of football ever. Uh, I mean, we'd Roy Keane playing centre mid that day as well. You look at the team that we put out, and they still get turned down. I know the the Clyde boys that have got a podcast on here. They uh, had Eddie Malone on a couple of weeks ago, and even just seeing that back, the, the horrors came came crawling back. But aye, it's it's spot on. As you said, he has been set up right now um, because his hands are tied behind his back. He can't make the the. Executive decisions, even. I don't know. Did you do you renew by uh, do you get your renewal pack in or do you do it online?
2: Uh, they'll be counting me as a renewal because I'm automatic direct debit, so they will be counting me as a renewal and at this precise moment in time. So when we all got that email last week and, the, and the cynical season ticket email punt that they gave last week, thank you to the thousands who have mm-hmm. already renewed. Well, that's guys like me who just maybe haven't got room to cancel the direct debit yet
1: so I got my renewal pack in yesterday and I'm not going to
2: cancel my direct debit before anybody comes in or any of these uber Tims coming at me
1: <laughs> uber Tims, that's a new twitter account I'm setting that up after this um, no I got my renewal pack in yesterday um, and it's signed off by Celtic Football Club we always asked who was going to sign it off whether it be Don there McKay you know, or Peter or whoever it was signed you know. off by Celtic Football Club um and the the bit that actually got me was they've obviously it's obviously a mail chain, everyone will get it and if you've not got it yet I'm kinda of spoiling it for you but it says without calling what football is nothing. That is literally the heading that comes into it. And <laughs> I, I think it's a it's just a it's a joke. Oh my god It's a joke. So anybody that gets it in, uh, whoever your your name is. So Kevin, if you got yours, I'd assume it would say without Kevin Graham, football is nothing but uh, uh, I, I suppose it's, it's meant to be a nice, oh, come on and renew, but it's one of those that's like cringe.
2: I, I agree with that. I if foot if Kevin Graham football, isn't <laughs> I, I? completely agree with that. Where do I sign up for my six season tickets? I want, I want, take my money, take my money. I don't care that we're an utter mess. Uh, <laughs> it's wild. Uh, it's what Jim, Jim Orr says on Friday, uh, the, 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 the one club... One one club since eighteen eighty eight and that eh? it, it's just like it's what did you say it's we are the people for the good guys <laughs> and yeah. just, uh, we we laugh and it's empty rhetoric whatsoever and I wish we had empty rhetoric I mean we we'll have to even go at that there were some guys trying to have a have a laugh at Avengers having the, the share the fans share issue oh look at them they're getting money oh here we go without calling what football is nothing I like that <laughs> I do like that that's that's uh that's really cringe worthy stuff man. I need, to, I need to applaud them for scraping the boat with that barrel with a, with a wallpaper scraper, man. That is good. That is That good. was a
1: good laugh. That, that that cheered me up yesterday when that came through the post. That's a that's a renewal guaranteed now. Because without me football's nothing, so I'm I'm there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even care if we're going to be in. And uh, uh, going, going back to that point, eh, and bronze, bronze, gold boy comes in, he comments all the time and he's commenting on Periscope. Uh, the entire board got. gutted would not trust any of them to run a bath and I'm agreeing now. I go back to David Kelly's point. uh, are we blaming Peter Lowell too much for this? And as I've says, I reckon there's a a whole lot of facades for this embarrassment, but unfortunately for Peter, Peter Lall is the the face of these absolute utter embarrassments. I mean, everybody used to say, I... When, when something happens in football and a team utterly mess up, you say, aye, they've spursed it, They're, they've hibsed it. We've completely bypassed that now. We? <laughs> we, we've created a new term. It's got to be, aye, you've Celtic that, eh? Oh, that's, you thought you had that over the line and now it's come back to bite you on the bum.
1: So it's, define Celtic then? What, if I was to, to look up the Urban Dictionary, what is Celtic
2: Um uh, I, I Fat, lazy and arrogant who thinks they're great and who thinks everything's just going to fall into their lap and get us slapped <laughs> about.
1: <laughs> so anybody that edits the Urban Dictionary, you can put that in and you can accredit that one to Kevin Graham.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Aye. I mean, I mean, you mentioned Jack Hendry there. I mean, it seemingly like her sign for that Belgian team.
1: Aye, I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't seen that. Um, so then that leaves you kind of... An uh, uh, even bigger disadvantage when you come in. Uh, I actually just quickly searched that whilst I seen the comment come in, it looks as if we stand are gonna buy by him. So why did, no <laughs> why, why did we not like
2: that? Why did we not like <laughs> that? Because we
1: because tried to play him against Partick Thistle and he was absolutely mincemeat that day. Do you remember that? we back? Was uh, a uh, no, I know. I
2: know. He looked like a giraffe with
1: three legs, trying to run, was, running about in circles. Was that the same one where Kenny Miller missed the open goal for Partick Thistle that day? Ah, uh, probably was. I try to
2: I try to block out what Kenny Miller does in my mind. <laughs> uh, even, in a, even in a Celtic jersey, I try to block out what Kenny Kenny <laughs> Miller done, done in my mind. <laughs> Kenny <laughs> Miller, Ken, Kenny Miller proved that he would sell his granny for twenty grand a week.
1: I, I still insist we sold him too early. I think he was coming into a bit of form when we sold him. I mean, there's not somebody you want to keep around the club, but we could have got something else out of him and we could have probably got more for him. But we'll, we'll move on for that, because that could open a, a massive can of worms. I like,
2: yeah. I like, I like opening the can of worms, mate. <laughs> I mean, you, you're on a Wednesday with me now. I like opening the can of worms. I mean, somebody, I can't remember who it is in the comments here, it says, we've appointed we've a our new CEO who takes over on the 1st of July. Does they know anything about football I don't want my CEO to ken anything about football I want want my director of football to know about football I want the CEO to know about I, I want them to know to take care of the business side even hmm. though I, I like saying football's a business. But I would want the, the best your CEO is the best person to know about business side, know about communicating with the fans, knows about sponsorship. That's what your CEO is there to do. He's mm-hmm. not there to negotiate contracts of Ivan Tony, he's not there to negotiate contracts, he's not there to go to your manager. Oh, by the way, I found this guy in the French second division. I think he's great. And and he's he's far better than anybody that you're picking, eh? So
1: Speaking of the French second division, did you see Toulouse in the playoff with Bio up front? No. So he was playing on Saturday. It was they were already two one down in nonce. and he scored that. He actually scored quite an impressive header, but he was lucky to be on the park. He put in one of them tackles that every time you see it, you go oh, and it gets worse every time you see it. He basically stood on the boy's ankle. But there's uh, another transfer deal that looks if it won't go through then because apparently we needed Toulouse to go up for Bio to. Go there as part of his deal, so maybe we'll have Bio back for the Champions League qualifiers. We're trying to cheer everybody up here. It's, been
3: Wednesday.
2: <laughs> it's Wednesday. It's, it's Wednesday. mean, what, what have we had this week? We've had Eddie House saying cheerio. We've had Fergal Harkins saying, "This is nowhere I'm laying my hat," and that's the wrong pun because that was that was the Fergal Sharky. That was actually Paul Young. See, that's that's twice. Ago. Music hangs wrong. Uh, you've got Jack Henry deciding to go to Belgium then move to England. You've got Luca Connell getting told to sort out his Celtic future. You've got the the mystery of Olivier and Chan. Has he been released? Has he not been released? And we keep on getting linked with all these players and you're going, who's scouting all these players? And I know, understand that the scouting has to go to be separately, but you're going, well, who's scouting? Who, yeah. who are the scouting team? Who's who? Tosh McKinley? Not uh, Toss McKinley? In that gone? Are they going in an empty office with a with, with a full, scouting folders gone? Like who this to? Who da gheuriste? I what's going on? Is it still Tosh McK- now? Tosh McKinley is part of the scouting
1: team. Eh? I mean, because you look at it and you see um, that we play or we got rid of our head of recruitment a couple of months ago, and the person that was working alongside him. So that's another position that you're still looking to fill itself to So you've got an incoming CEO, you need a new manager, potentially a new coaching team, you need a head of recruitment, and it's June. What are we doing?
2: What you're actually looking at is whoever comes in as the manager is going to get handed a team and going to go, by the way we've made some signings, just go and have a look at them, because he's not going to have time to do anything else.
1: No, he's not, and... I listened, as I said, I was listening to that podcast with with Ange Postacoglu um, and the point that he actually made was that he is happy to work alongside coaches that he's never worked with before, as long as they share the same vision of him. Now that is ideal for Celtic right now, isn't it? Because you know that they're desperate to put John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan with whoever the new manager is to keep them at the club and to give them uh, what's left of their contract. John Kennedy, he's got a contract for life at Celtic, the way it stands. I would have loved if he, if a new coaching team had come in and then they gave him the coach job next season. Because that's going to be a full-time job for a manager. Because they're playing, what is it, 30-odd games they're going to need to play next season. So you are going to need a full-time manager in there. But it does look as if, if Ange comes in, then he's going to work alongside Kennedy and Strachan. And he looks forward to that. So he's ticking all the boxes for the Celtic board.
2: He is ticking all the boxes, eh? And but then that goes against the the guy it was on yesterday. I can't remember his name. Was it Jared? Jared, Jared. yeah, Jared. Jared. Jared uh, fantastic. Eh? That goes against what Jared says. he's previous, he's always bringing his own team. But we are at a point where it could be that he. It might not be Stratton and Kennedy, but he might need to actually rely on Stephen McManus or somebody like that until he brings in his own team. So yeah. you could you could have a transition stage where if it is Poster Coglu, when he comes in and he goes, right, use guys, I mean, he's got to have 10 days isolation anyway. So he can mm-hmm. watch yeah. can watch all the tapes for last season. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he, can do, he can do a lot of work in the 10 days. It's not as if he's got to be sitting in a hotel room himself. He is going to be working at that point and he is going to need a, he is going to need a hand. Um, that worries me. It does worry me that, as you say, the Kennedy and Stratton are, uh, are part of the problem, and that was maybe a put of the how deal. I mean, I mm-hmm. never thought we'd be sitting here believing that that Peter Grant taking the job was the first sign <laughs> that Eddie Howe was they to-
3: as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more
2: <laughs> ah, I, mean, I mean, that's that, that's. I love in parallel universes, but that is a. I, would, I wouldn't even have dreamt up that one that Peter Grant taking the Don robe job was the first sign. Was the first sign of, of we were going to go absolutely mental.
1: It's mental when you think you're, you're relying on Peter the Pointer to come in and basically fix up what has happened in the season. But no, I will tell you what, all the best to him at the.
2: Aye, definitely.
1: Um, I, I know it's not went down great with some Dunfermline fans, but I think he's he's still got a lot to offer. So good luck to him for this season.
2: It'll be interesting to see what he does there does there as well. We, we need to. We're all looking. We're, we're trying to look forward, but it's quite difficult to look mm. forward. time we've got this so much turmoil and so much rubbish actually going on at the moment, and. You can't help but laugh at times. I mean, you just can't. When that Fergal Harkin story came out last night,
1: you were like, "Here we go. What's next? What's next?" <laughs> Facebook news. I was, was going to say you kind of get a, an offer who would come in and write a better story right now. Stephen no, King's no. looking at Stephen King's looking at this season, seeing if he can put together a, a film contract. Uh, honestly, it's been ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I,
2: I'm I'm doing I'm doing a I'm doing a project at the moment, and it's a fictional. A story about something factual, and I couldn't even have made this up. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even have made this up. Um, Facebook user comes in. The board should uh, should have a shared vision to move forward. The fact it seems to be everything is in limbo until Pl leaves leaves the building shows that other members aren't, aren't fit for purpose. I'm fully on board with that comment. I'm um, now. I think this was coming more and more clear that the board are split, the board can't agree mm. and, the, and the executive team are not fit for purpose. And I says a couple of weeks ago that the executive team weren't fit for purpose when they were all sitting in that room at the fans forum. Yeah. Then, then when we were on air last week to come out with that 50 quid and you're and me, old cynical me, I'm going like that, you're not going to tell me they didn't have a clue that they were going to do that when they were all sitting in that meeting Gone. we haven't got a clue what we're doing.
1: Oh, but can you imagine if they'd announced that at that meeting, how that would have went down? So they were looking for a, a sort of plan B at that meeting, they were looking for you guys to come up with something that was going to be like, alright, well we don't actually have to announce this, we can actually do this. But then, what was it, five days later and out it comes, so oh, it, comes. It, it was definitely being worked on in the background.
2: Uh, Scott Howe, Lampard, Duffy and Maloney would be a good shout for me I didn't want to see Frank Lampard anywhere near our club Duffy and Maloney I could probably get on board with but not, uh, no, no Lampard uh, Sorry
1: just going going back on that we're not talking about Shane Duffy are we? I, I think we're talking about Damien Duffy I am hope we're talking about Damien Duffy Shane Duffy could no, don't, uh, don't let him back did I say
2: Duffy? I think it was Duff.
1: I think it was Duffy, it came up there. Uh,
2: aye, it was definitely, a, well, I took it as Damien Duff, so... I uh, hope so as well. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully it was that. Right now, mate, I would, at Scott Howe, right now, mate, I would take that, I would have Hughes instead of Lampard, but we need someone to somebody start getting our team sorted, I agree. Are we at the stage where big Yogi's looking like a great possibility? Oh, by that, the right? way. that's that,
1: that um, Alan McFadden coming in to say Jim Duffy. I mean, this is the kind of this is the way it's getting. No, I mean th- there is some really good candidates out there. Um, I think Ange is the the sort of the route that the board's looking to take down. Um, I know they have spoke about Keenan stuff before. Uh, I said to my pals the other day, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to the stage where Callum Davidson gets offered the job after the season that he's had. Um, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, ha- I'm half joking at that point.
2: How, how far's Craig Levine done that list? week? Craig Levine
1: yet? <laughs> no, he's still he's still saying that Byron never scored them goals. He's getting nowhere near Parkhead. Um, no, there's a name that's probably out there that um, quite a few people probably haven't thought of. And for me, I think if you're going to target a big name, it'd be someone to go for. Um, and I would have to say that Marco Silva is one that's out there that would be a good candidate for Celtic. I know he left Everton not in the best of terms. He's not went back into management yet. uh, But the time that he's had, he he took, I think it's Panathinaikos, he had a fantastic record there, came over to England, showed that he could cut it at that level, gets the Everton job. And then from then onwards, he's still looking for that route back into football. Now, I I, I think think the Celtic job's a good offering for him.
2: I think the problem that we've got there, Colin, is... Our team uh, gets these deals over the line of actually proved that they canny get somebody to take the job that is not Celtic-minded.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Apart from Ronnie Dyler.
1: Yeah. And then Ronnie so, Dyler was never meant to be the manager, was he? I mean, he was coming nah, in as the number nah. two. So that's a, that's a promotion for him. So obviously he's going to take the job. Ah, the, anybody's going to take this job. And it's the same with uh, Poster Coglu.
2: He's not going to say no to the job. He's no. not going. To, he's not going to say no. To his chance to come into European football if 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 it is that's coming in. Uh, there's a comment by maravchek 25 here, and uh, who does it? I. It's no effing laughing matter, Kev. When you've been asked for free K and season ticket money, I understand that. I do yeah. understand that. But I'm, we're trying to bring a bit of light and humour to this absolute mess. Uh, that that that's coming in. That that that's actually happening at the moment, and a lot of people are going. to... This is where we are. I mean, let's let's go. Let's go to a cynical. Let's have another wee hot take. Another cynical thing. Like. What happens if the Eddie Howe deal fell through because the finances? Because Celtic know that the season tickets are going to bottom out.
1: You'd like to think it would be the opposite way. You'd like to think if Howe was appointed, then it would encourage the season ticket sales. And I'm interested to know anybody that's in the comment section right now. Are you, or have you already renewed? Are you going to renew? And who isn't going to renew? Because you'll be able to take a a sort of guide from that as to where we are as a club now. I think the figure that's sort of been panned about at the minute is around 11,000 season ticket holders that have already renewed. And you're sitting at what, I don't know, 57,000 was it last year? Maybe just slightly less than that. And you've got a month to do it. Now they will say, look, you should have known this was coming. Um, but you don't even want to get to the point where and you're going to get to the 25th of June when the first renewal date was... And by the way, they'll extend it because they always extend it. That's that's the way Celtic go. The, the, the actual renewal term will probably end up being, I don't know, start of August probably, could. Um, But if you get to the 25th of June and you've not got a manager in place and you've not got a backroom staff in place and you've not got a, a head of recruitment in place... Why would anybody be in that position to go, I'm going to give you, as Miravchik 25 says, here's my £3,000 for next season? Why, why would you get to that stage? You've got to look to see, I okay, you've got that emotional attachment to Celtic, but you're looking for them to provide something for the money that you're paying.
2: I, I know, I know. The urban cliche comes in. I threw in Joe Kadeer and Gary Caldwell months ago as a joke. This may happen. <laughs> Joe Kadeer was actually considered before Martin O'Neill. Joking, here's a name. It always gets kicked about. Uh, Is Joking
1: still in good health? I know he took him not too well when he was in charge of Newcastle. I think that was what put him, kind of put him out of a uh, out of business completely, wasn't it? He took the was it a heart attack? He took when he was in charge uh, of Newcastle I, I, I United. I think
2: it was. Aye, again, so, he's probably uh, probably another guy who's not favourably looked at because of his style and the styles that his team played. Eh? But it's we're at a peak time here we're at season ticket time and Celtic are utterly making a mess of it they're making a mess of what should be a looking forward time of the season for us we should actually not be buoyant with the season that we've just came back off but we should be sitting here this week going we're going forward, we're going places I'm looking forward to next season but we're sitting here going well we don't we do not know what is going to happen next season It's let, let's talk about and Poster And mm-hmm. on Monday, the Monday club were very much, not against, but they, they raised concerns. Yesterday, we had Jared on from Celts uh, Down Under. It was Celts Down Under that he, that yeah, he was yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, i never noted it down. And he gave a bit of knowledge of what, what, he, of what he can do for us.
1: Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts? I, I think... It- it would be, in normal times, an interestingly good appointment um, for Celtic. We've always been looking for someone out of the box, someone that's not a, a Celtic-minded person to come in and take over. I honestly think the problem um, that came with having Neil Lennon last season was that pressure to deliver success and um, having the, the idea of being the Celtic man, that if you didn't deliver the success, then it's a, a massive problem. Um You want somebody that can take that pressure on without having the additional pressure of being the fan as well. So, Posta Cogley coming in, um, I think would have been a a good appointment even back then. Listening, as I said, to that podcast with Anthony Hudson, I can't recommend it enough if Andy's not heard it yet. Um, The the line that really caught me from it was, if you were ever to be determined on one game in your coaching career, how would you play it? Now, he says there's, there's people that's out there that would say, well they would set up and they would set their team up so that they're impossible to, to beat, so that they could uh, go out and maybe scrape a 1-0 victory. He says he would set his club up um, and if his coaching career was on the line, he would try and win the game by as many goals as possible. Now, to me, that's something that we, we've sort of missed with Celtic this season. You take a look at the sort of the passing the ball side to side, not really creating a lot of chances, I think when Lennon left the club, we, we saw that the chances started to come back. I think at one point, was it 120 chances for three goals or something that we ended up scoring um, in that game against Dundee United at Tannadice, where we had about 30 or 40 chances. Then we saw that we can actually go forward with a bit of gusto, um, but that has been missing for, for parts of the season. Parts of the season, we were really boring to watch. You could drift in and out of games without missing much. I'd like to see, um, as Anthony Haggerty says, the free flowing, sorry, free flowing, rip roaring never boring, Glasgow Celtic, and I can't guarantee that that's what you get with Postecoglou, but that's the way that he sounds. He wants to put his team out to play, and that would be exciting to watch.
2: Are you willing to give him time to implement that?
1: We should, but Willie is a different question. I mean, this this season is really, really important. You don't want to get to the the stage where um, whoever wins the league this season gets £40 million. And if you're not competing to get that Champions League money, then we are struggling. Um, And it's going to have an effect not only on the players that we can go out and recruit, but it's also going to have an effect on the way things go forward um, for the next four, five, six seasons after that. One of the biggest downfalls we've always said of Celtic over the last couple of years is the fact that we didn't qualify for the Champions League and there was times where we had some fairly straightforward not easy, but straightforward routes to get in there, Um, so you're looking at potentially what, 90 to 120 million pounds of lost revenue in that period, now a, a normal club would go invest that in the playing squad, they would guarantee the success and they'd keep it going, if Rangers get to that position next season where they're guaranteed the Champions League money, you know they're going to invest it, and if they invest it it makes them harder and more difficult to keep up with, so the first thing that you have to do is close that gap right away. 27 points to fall behind them last season, considering the position of strength that you were in nine seasons before that, is unacceptable. So, if it gets to the stage where we kind of push them for the title, it gets down to the last day, even if he falls behind, you've got to say that it's progress year on year. You want to try and um, win the trophies as well. You want to try and get a trophy back, obviously not having won anything last season, but if you're getting to the stage where October, November, December time you're sort of out of the race, then the the risk that you've taken will have fallen back on you and we could be in a position where it's going to take us another two or three years to get back to that level and it's going to need heavy investment from the investors behind the scenes to get there because if Rangers are guaranteed this way for money, then where do we, how do we keep up with them in that sense?
2: The way I look at it and... Post a cock glue is coming in, and instead of it being his prized job, it's a noose round his neck right away because he, he's not first choice. This is not his fault. I've, I've got I, if he gets the job or whoever gets the job, I've got massive sympathy for them mm. because they're like a firefighter trying to trying to beat back a forest fire with a white hanky they're starting at a very very low point and as soon as results or performances didn't start going that way he is going to be under pressure and for me that's wrong and that's not the guy's fault it's the board's fault it's the executive team's fault for putting him in that position so if Poster Coglu comes in he has my utmost support and I will be 100% fully behind him and mm-hmm. if, it goes, if it all goes pear-shaped I'm not going to blame him. I'm going to blame the fact of the guys who appointed him and the way that he's ended up being appointed. We've got to this point that that he's got to come in and be the best Australian ever to arrive on British shores since Kylie Minogue. That's 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 <laughs> the thing that's going to that's the only thing that's going to save him. I and thought you were
1: going to say Scott McDonald. Uh? No, Kylie's better than Scott McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie's, come on, uh, come on. Kylie might be good looking, but did she ever score against Rangers? Did she ever score in the Champions League? Did she ever give you that moment against AC Milan?
2: Come on. Um, I should be so lucky, eh? I knew that was
0: coming.
1: I knew that was coming.
2: But I feel sorry for the guy coming in. And he's going to need... I I, I saw what happened. I saw what happened to Wim Janssen. I saw what happened to Jovenglots. And Mm -hmm. the press are going to have an absolute field day with this fella. And... I haven't read anything about him. Well, I've read a couple of bits about him. I'm not going to listen to the podcast that you've listened to. I'm not going to read all the Celtic sites who have went to Japan and dug in and all of that because I want to judge Ange Postacoglu on what he does at Celtic. Yeah, I, I want to see what he does at Celtic. I, I, I don't care what he's done previously. I just want him to... And he, I just want him. I'm going to judge him on what he does at Celtic. I'm going to judge him if he gets it. If he gets a, the job, like at th- this point next year. Now, at this point next year, he might still be behind. But if he's improved the side, improved the football, we need to actually be willing to actually give him a chance. Because basically, the board have written off this year. Yeah, who's coming in they're not coming in with one hand tied behind their back they're coming in with two hands tied behind their back to try and get a tune out this side and you've also got I go back to the Joe Vengloss season as well Joe Vengloss didn't he get a tune out of the team until after Christmas? Mm-hmm. And again, that was because he didn't have a pre-season, uh, stuff like that, guys coming back for the World Cup, because we had quite a lot of players at the World Cup that year, and by the time he brought in his own style of player, Jan Maravchuk, eh, Johan Mialbi and stuff like that, and didn't he start getting going until after Christmas? Yes, we ended up falling short, we ran out of yeah. steam, the team, but, I've said many a time, I wanted to see, I, I wouldn't have minded Joe Vengos getting a second season because I think we would have won the league that second season.
1: Well, you're now at the stage where you take a look at who's going to be at the Euros this summer. I mean, you've got Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie, not Jack Henry anymore because he's left, Greg Taylor, David Turnbull, James Forrest, and then Odson Edwards supposed to be at the Olympics for France this year. So you've got all those players that's coming back in, and I looked at the dates, best case scenario, and not the best case scenario for Scotland, because we want them to do fantastic at the tournament, but best case scenario for Celtic is that the final game that these guys play in is on June 22nd against Croatia. And you're coming back in to pre season training on the 5th, which is two weeks later, but you'll probably have to give them an extra couple of weeks off because of the way that um, they've played through the summer, basically. They've not had that break. Now, I think the Celtic players get roughly about four weeks off because they come back in the sort of last couple of weeks of June. So. If you give them the extra couple of weeks off, it means they miss the whole training camp in Wales. It, mi- it means they miss all the games and probably the first game back would be against Preston at Celtic Park, which hopefully we'll get to um, on July 17th. Oh, Kevin's still there, right? I'm still here, um, right? right? Sorry, technical issues again. I think somebody's trying to take us down. I'm saying that the guys have come back on the first game they'll have is against Preston on July 17th and then three days later you're going to the Champions League qualifiers we only have three days of being in and about the squad and picking up who um, Postacoglu's style of training and the way he wants to implement football does that mean that you're going into these qualifiers potentially without these players or are you just kind of going with well this is what you've done last season use it for these games and then we'll try and integrate you into that style of football
2: uh, who knows, we, we don't actually know I mean, will the players have had a break For the end of the season Until going away with Scotland At the start of this week Did, uh, was the start of this week They went away with Scotland eh? So will they have had a break then And maybe once the Euros is finished Will there be any sort of isolation period Before they can actually join the Celtic bubble again Or can they go mm-hmm. for one elite sporting bubble Another and bubble right away and they might not get any time off in between that. I can't see that happening. I can see a week or something like that. I'm maybe getting a week to ten days off, but we don't know. That's it's the absolute unknown, which is which is killing us at the moment. But you can't blame Poster Coglu for that.
1: No, not at all.
2: You can't blame him for the, the the hand that he's going to get dealt. You cannot blame him. And for anybody that's going to be, whoever becomes a manager, they've got their two hands tied behind their back to start off with. That brings me to Don Mackay as well. I think Don Mackay's got his two hands tied behind his back as soon as he starts on the 1st of July. And he's got a hell of a clean-up to do to actually distance himself from the previous regime.
1: See see when you look at it, see if somebody was previously to come in on the first of July now. Um I'm trying to think back when was uh, when was Joel Vengloss appointed? It was the middle of July, wasn't it? Middle of July, yeah. Middle of July, right. But back in kinda of those seasons, your season sort of started around about August time, so you still had a bit to get into. Now you're kinda of talking at the fact where we've got to come back for pre season training in the middle of June because the season starts earlier and earlier because of these qualifiers so back then if you'd waited till the 1st of July you could have probably just about got away with it, but now there's just no time for it, see when the season finishes in the end of May, that's when things have already got to start getting implemented so as we are saying about well this is the board, this is how they've always done things, if that's the way that they kind of treat it and you look at the, the, the kind of dates that previous managers have been appointed, it's roughly been round about this day, when you think about uh, Brendan Rodgers Uh, Neil Lennon, Tony Mowbray they were all sort of appointed round about the end of May, start of June now we're kind of pushing beyond that so even their own standards are starting to slip in that sense and you can't really wait much longer
2: It's, It's difficult to sit here and say this and it's difficult to sit here and say this before a ball's been kicked in the following season but I'm sitting here going I just hope we actually compete next season that, that is that is where I am at this precise moment in time. And that is where we have been forced to be an, an adequate board who can't seem to do anything.
1: Right, so you take a look at that, right? We just mentioned a couple of minutes ago that players might miss out on the first qualifier because of the bubbles and the sporting bubbles and all that, right? So if you were to go and take a look at the team that could potentially line up against what is very um, strong teams in that second qualifying round, I'm looking at a team that could potentially be Barkas and goal. Leo Connor at right back. It's either him or Anthony Ralston. Um, Ayer, if he's still here. Welsh. And then who plays left back? Does Bolly get a clean slate? Does he come back in or do you play Montgomery? Right? That, that's the kind of situation you're looking at that back five, right? Then in the midfield, who have you got? I now, mean, McGregor and all that's a waste. You're talking about guys like Henderson, Sorrow... Luca Connell, who we just spoke about there, who's actually playing for Ireland's 21s at the minute, um, against Australia, ironically. Um, and then on the right-hand side, James Forrest can't play, so you've got um, Dembele. You've got Rodjick in there, and then who plays left midfield? You're talking about maybe putting Bali at left-back and pushing Montgomery up into left midfield, or Mikey Johnson comes in there as well. And then all you've got really up front is Albin That is the, That's the team that you could put out for that first qualifier, if it gets to the stage that we've not brought anybody in, we've not brought any transfers in, and these players have to miss out because of the sort of the COVID bubbles. That is a frightening fact, and if that's the team that you've got to build on top of for next season, there's a lot of work needs done there. Well, that
2: follows what we do every season when we're going into Europe. Eh? If you look at the team that played uh, Lincoln Red Imps, and you look at the team that got through those Champions League qualifiers. That was that was a patched together mob as well, eh? and it's just what we do. We don't do planning. We're very reactive. Uh, oh, lanky sixty-seven comes in. What about Liam Shaw?
1: Yeah, Liam he, Shaw could be involved in that as well. Yeah, he, he, could, really? he could
2: be involved in that as well. But it's just an utter shambles. I, I don't know who it was. I think it was a Rangers fan that came in. Thanks for your comment, mate. Uh, he came in and says Rangers have already signed four players. That's how you run a team. That is. <laughs> You're not gonna get any argument from us no. regarding that. But that's when you that's that's what happens when you've got a director of football and a coaching staff that are all on the same page.
1: Aye, definitely. I mean I think the, the writing was almost on the wall when you saw what happened with the Ben Davies deal back in January and how we were so assured that he was coming in and then somebody comes in at the last minute this is exactly what's happened all over again with the managerial position. Now, I'd actually not be surprised to see Ben Davies come back into the equation this summer. Well he's not exactly getting a, a, a deal or a game at Liverpool, is he?
2: Well, seemingly, I was listening to the Anfield rap the other day there, and seemingly Klopp's told him he's in his plans for next season. And... <laughs> he told him
1: that in January as well, did he not?
2: But is he not been injured? Has, has he not Has he not been injured?
1: He picked up an injury at one point, but then you take a look at the guys that came in at Liverpool, like Nat Phillips and stuff, and he was even behind them. So what is he going to do with his career? Is he going to sit on the bench or is he going to look to get some loan time? Imagine that, a two-year loan deal to see out the rest of his Liverpool contract at Celtic. That would just be... That would be icing on the cake.
2: Is that not, is that not what the City group tried to do with Daniel Arzani?
1: That's exactly what they've done.
2: That's yeah. exactly what they tried to do with that. that, 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 that that's, this is... Do you think there'll be a City Group connection at all? Does that do. does, does the Fergal Harkin hang completely kill that notion that we were some sort of hidden in the cupboard stepchild
1: of the City Group? <laughs> uh, we're not going to end up being Celtic City. I think we're we're all right there. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't think there will be a, a City Group connection. I think there's there's obviously always one there because. Peter Lawwell's son one of the, the kind of higher-up members in there within uh, the City group. And that goes back to the point of, is Peter Lowell still involved? And you can maybe say that's the case. There is some great youngsters at City, which I think Celtic would be desperate to try and bring up to Scotland. Um, they've definitely had the success again down and um, raiding what's left of the, the Man City dressing room once everybody's been given a jersey. Um, so c- certainly something Celtic should look into, but... The Fergal the Harkin thing, it's it really, it, I, I don't get it at all. You, you're listening to people coming out saying that Celtic definitely did speak to him and then Celtic's trying to put the note out that they definitely didn't speak to him. It's like, when As you I used to it, go to the... It's like,
2: mean, say, like, like, say that alone, he was my best pal, but he's not really. Go away. I he like, you. Go Go away.
1: It's like when you used to go to a dance and you said do you want to get off of my pal? And she says no, and they go, wow, well, he wasn't interested in you in the first place and all that. That is exactly the way that Celtic's treated this and it's, it, it's that, that, terrible. That's
2: what we like. You mentioned the dance there, like that drunk guy is wandering about trying to get a one-shit the, the, the slow dances at the end, they were getting that many knockbacks because we've been Aye. drinking all day and we've spewed in the front of our, our white Fran Alonso suit. And
1: oh, <laughs> no, don't bring Fran Alonso into this. He's doing a great job. you love Russell Boyce on your back. Ah,
2: Russell can be on my bank all, all he wants, man. I mean, oh, it's another mess. And did you see? I don't know if you, you've heard just before we wrap up here because I ken that you've got to go back to Microsoft, all right enough. Um, <laughs> the have you seen the Adidas Glasgow jersey on the Celtic
1: Superstore? I did see it. I did see it. I was uh, I was sent it this morning uh, by Glasgow Fifa on Twitter. Thanks to for sending me that. That was a, a lovely thing to see this morning. Uh, again. You look at it, I think they've done a Dublin one as well, which is uh, green and orange with the orange on the sleeves and the green on the front, which was um, nice. I I, I think you'll see that maybe in the Superstore at a push and it will sell in the single figures.
2: Why? Who reads the room with this kind Uh. of thing? Who reads the room? Why is the commercial director even putting that on the website? Because it looks like a 1992 Rangers top.
1: Except
2: except it's dark blue.
1: And I I believe it was priced at £55, ironically. It
2: is priced at £55 as
1: well. (laughs) eh? uh, As you said, somebody not reading the room. but
2: They're trolling us, mate. They're trolling us. They're absolutely taking the mic out of us.
1: When's the vouchers coming out? Because you still can't even buy that, can you? Because it's only a £50 voucher. It's only a £50 voucher, but it depends how many
2: season tickets you've got in your house. Ah, well, that's true. I I mean, I've, I've got £100 coming here because of mine and my daughters.
1: Oh, as far as uh, so, a, as, far, as far as I'm aware, the the uh, away kit is it is to be released tomorrow. I think I've seen that somewhere. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they what they kind of pull together for the awake it.
2: Only only Celtic could release an awake it without a manager. Uh, and in this complete and utter time of flux, uh, only Celtic could think it was a good PR to release an awake it.
1: Well, will there'll come a time. I mean, me and you might be old and decrepit, but there'll come a time when Celtic learn how to read the room. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's just not now. Do
2: they, they, they think Celtic will, will, will price their week at fifty-five quid?
1: Oh, that would be a bargain. Have you seen the prices over the last couple of years? It's over sixty pound. Ah,
2: The last the last top I bought was in two thousand and seven. That was the last top, the replica kit that I bought. And they had the cheek to ask me to go on <laughs> to go on one of the focus groups to design a new kit, and I'm going I the bikers.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you know that. You know that would have been the case. The the top that uh, Glasgow top that's just been released. That's exactly what they're trying to put out. That's exactly what they're trying to put uh, out.
2: Right. I think that's enough for the day. I hope everybody's enjoyed it. This Wednesday, I hope we've gave you a laugh and no depressions too much. Um, So, everybody subscribe. Tell folk about us. Tell folk you didn't like about us. Tell all your pals, (laughs) your family, your grannies, your aunties. Uh, Get them to subscribe to the YouTube. We've got some great stuff on the YouTube. Uh, We've got Natasha's got a, got a folly up to her John Barnes interview tonight. That's on tonight. And also catch up with Amy Canavan's interview with Paul Elliott. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So, lads, I'll see you all later. And remember, be nice to each other and keep calm. Eh? See you later. <laughs>